Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. everybody it's Nikki the communication coach and welcome to episode 13 and here we're going to talk about words and how powerful they are and I'm also going to give you my opinion around what some speech psychologist or psychologist or popular psychologist talk about when they talk about tone words and non-verbal communication now there is a lot of research and numbers out on the internet some saying that words are only 7%, the rest is about 35% of the tone, and then the rest is nonverbal communication. But there is also lots of research out there now that is saying, actually, this isn't true. And I think about the negotiations that I have done, and I've been thinking about, is that right, that words are only 7%? And here is my opinion, and it is my opinion, and, you know, I'm not an expert, I don't have a degree, I just know that when I look back on the negotiations that I have done in my life and also the conversations that I have on a regular basis, actually words are really powerful. And for me, they're a lot more than 7%. Now, I have been lucky enough to work with Professor Liz Stokoe from Loughborough University around linguistics. And when she was looking at some of our recordings and also recordings from other professions like doctor's surgeries and mediation there are definitely words which change the conversation now if you think about the words that perhaps your parents used or your teachers used or somebody who treated you fairly or somebody who treated you you perceived to treat you unfairly and think about the words that they use you know if you call somebody an idiot for long enough and it doesn't matter what the tone is you know even if it's laughing and joking, oh you're such an idiot or oh there goes the idiot or oh what an idiot you know you can say it in a load of different ways but the word idiot has a negative connotation and if you call somebody idiot or say you're stupid long enough especially if you do it from a when they're from a young age then this will stick and hey they will have low self-confidence now we see this quite a lot i can think of a number of people who have shared that with me and have told me that Perhaps their childhood wasn't the greatest or the, the words that the parents used or as they got older they were bullied and, and the words again that were used when they were bullied. When people bully you and they're saying words in a negative connotation, now it doesn't matter what their body language is if you can't see it because you can be bullied by cyber. So there's no tone and there's no nonverbal communication but you know that what the words mean because you will put your own expression onto them. Now, I'm not saying that nonverbal communication or tone have no relevance at all. Of course I'm not, because they do. You know, you only have to look at how you talk to your own pets or your child, and you start to talk in that really gooey voice and go, hey, how are you? Oh, it's lovely to see you. And if you're a dog lover, then you'll get a big waggy tail. And if you're talking to a baby, it doesn't really matter what language you use. You can make them smile by taking the tone of your voice to a different way. So, of course, tone is important. And then you have nonverbal communication. Now, there are a lot of experts in nonverbal communication that can read you. But what I am going to suggest is that unless you know somebody very, very well, or it's an obvious nonverbal communication that doesn't match 
the display of language, then it's hard to read. It, it can be hard to read. And you have to watch very carefully and you have to build your experience up. So for me, all three aspects of communication are important. All three of them are. And it's harder when you take one out. So this is why email and text message is hard to read. And you can interpret it in a way that it's not meant. How many times have you had a text message from a loved one, perhaps, that comes back going, what, what does that mean? Or WTF? And you're like, what? I didn't mean anything by that. It was just like a normal text message. But they have read something into it. I remember when uh, on our emails at work, you can read an email without actually opening the email. So you can have your email closed, but still read the email, especially if it's a short email. So you get the gist. Now, I would read the email and I would delete it. And somebody challenged me on this once and said, you didn't even read my email. So they had this perception that I hadn't read their email when I had. And I was able to say, yes, I did. And I told them what was in the email. And I, and I explained, you know, I can see shorter emails the way that I have my email box without actually opening it. And we were able to get over that sort of hurdle in our communication relationship. But if she hadn't said anything to me, I would never have known. So there I would be just going about my normal daily business, thinking that everything was fine, and she would be like, you never even opened that email. And that email was important to me. So again, that, you know, that's, that's difficult. So taking away tone, taking away nonverbal communication does make it difficult. But then you can emphasize words in sentences that, are, that will make the whole sentence mean something different. So, for example, a very simple one of, I told you, I didn't say that he had stole the money. I didn't say he had stole the money. Now, if you put the emphasis on the different words, so let's change it to I. So, I didn't say he stole the money. I didn't say he stole the money. Put the emphasis on didn't. I didn't say he stole the money. I didn't say he stole the money. And so on and so forth. So every time you change the emphasis of a word in a sentence, it's going to change the meaning of the sentence as well. So again, that's really important. Now with social media and text messaging and email, which are actually all social media, it, it becomes harder sometimes to make sure that the meaning that we mean is the meaning that is received by the other person. And when you talk to people who have had a word, uh, been called a word over and over and over again, it's going to resonate. It's going gonna, it's gonna to stick with them. And so I personally don't think that you can put a percentage on everything all of the time. I think it depends how that communication comes across. And I think it depends how well you know the person. But the, the other aspect of what I wanted to talk about today was that it sticks. You know, years and years later it will stick and you'll remember those conversations. You'll remember the people that made you feel great. You'll remember the people that made you feel not so great. And they, when you reflect back, are the characters that stick out in your mind. So, for example, I... Um, was never very good at maths. Now, you see, I'm using those words. I was never very good. And I still use those words. I am not good at maths. Numbers confuse me. I, I, you know, as I sit here, Meg is doing her maths fraction homework. And I look at it and I go, I don't understand that. 
I can't help you because I actually don't understand what they're looking for or what that means. Now, it doesn't mean that I can't do addition. It doesn't mean I can't run my finances. And I've, you know, I do lots of self-assessment tax forms around some of the property business that I've got as, uh, as well as when I had a full-time income. So I know how to do that. But I live into it and I'm very aware that I live into that. So it's almost like an excuse for me of I don't understand numbers and I'm not very good at them. So that's actually a task for me to take away (laughs) from this podcast is to stop using that phrase. So any of my friends or if you meet me and I say to you, I'm not very good at maths. Can you pull me up on that one, please? And challenge me around that. And I remember bunking off school, a maths lesson. It was my third attempt at maths O-level and I didn't really understand what the teacher was talking about and I remember sitting outside being a little bit of a rebel that I was at the time well actually I was a half rebel uh sitting outside on the bench having a cigarette used to be able to buy them for 10p around the corner shop and um my form teacher Mrs Armstrong came round the corner and said what are you doing out here Nick so you know I said I was quite honest I said I, I don't see the point of being in the maths lesson I don't understand it I don't get it it makes no sense to me and I, but I know I need to get the maths O level because I, I knew that if I was going to go on to university or go on to some sort of career that I wanted, I was going to have to get that maths. My poor old mum was spending a fortune on me as well, bless her, to try and get that maths O level. And Mrs Armstrong said to me, okay, um, I, you will come to my lesson and we will work on that together. And she was good as her word. I went into her lesson. This is how I remember it as well. So Mrs Armstrong, if you're listening to this and I've got it completely wrong, I do apologise, but this is how I remember it. And she explained maths to me in a way that I could understand. Uh, Probably not the curriculum way to teach a whole class of kids, but because of her, and because of also the extra help I got, I was able to pass my maths O-level and you know get that far with it and I'm very grateful for that and you see I'm now 49 and that's what like 30 years ago and I still remember that but I still remember the harsh things that people said to me the words that some of the other children used now I'm not saying that they have a massive impact on me but if you are told in relationships so let's let's take an example that if you are a person growing up in an environment where you are lacking self-confidence anyway just because of your personality type and because of the way you are and somebody keeps putting you down and keeps using negative connotation words with you like oh you don't know how to do that you're so stupid oh you're such an idiot I'll give it here I'll do it then eventually you give up trying you become disempowered rather than empowered because nobody shows you how to do it and you know Throughout my career, I saw a lot of domestic violence and and people going back time and time and time again. And you would often have conversations, and I include myself in this, around why are they going back again? Why are they going back? But we're driven by our belief system. And our belief system is driven by our values. And our values are given to us at a very early age by other people. So if some of the values that we are given are that you're not worthwhile then you carry that around for life and it takes a strong person to walk away from that and say, I am worth more than this. It's not that easy to just go, I'm just going to walk away because I fear for my safety because our values and beliefs are so instilled in us. And that's the power of words. The power of words, in my opinion, 
create your values and beliefs, as do your experiences, of course, and as do how you were brought up in, in other ways and nonverbal communication and all of the aspects that go with conversations in general. But words are powerful. Words are very, very powerful. Now, I was sitting on a train coming back uh, from the theatre last week and I was listening as I, <laughs> as I do to other people's conversations on the train. And there was an elderly couple, I would say late 70s, uh, who'd been together for a very long time. And they were talking to a, a, a younger guy, sat opposite, who was going through the process of saving money to get a house with his wife or fiancé. And he, no, it must have been his wife because he said he was living with the in laws. And they said, Oh, how's that? And he said, Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Now, the tone of his voice of, Yeah, you know, it's interesting was, or I felt meant, you know, we're not having, it's not. It's not as easy as it could be, which prompted the older guy opposite to say, yeah, but, um, my in-laws were always very negative and very um, disrespectful and quite condescending, but not to me, to my beautiful wife here. And he told the story of the wife's uh, mum often saying very negative things to her in a negative tone and negative words. And bringing her down, uh, which affected her confidence. And still, you know, years later, they were talking about it. So it does have a big impact. So my message today, ladies and gents, in a roundabout way, is be mindful of your words. You know, the only time or the only way we can change a behavior or a pattern of behavior and words and conversations and communications are a pattern of behavior you know, how many times have you found yourself having the same conversation over and over again, especially with family members? Oh, I always love it when you see young mums with screaming babies trying to bring them up looking absolutely exhausted and a, a, mem a, a friend or an, an older person passing by or a family member will always say, oh yeah, don't pick them up if they're crying, you'll just make a rod for your own back. And there they are, <laughs> absolutely on their knees. <laughs> <laughs> just probably going well please can you just pick the baby up because I just need a half an hour sleep to get myself back together but we're always very quick to give our opinion and our judgment even though we don't we don't mean to and we could you know that's the way we are we're judging all the time but there is a difference between giving your opinion and giving your judgment than thinking your opinion and thinking your judgment you know we all have a story we all have a story every single one of us and it's fascinating what each one of us are going through. I do a lot of coaching and I'm, I've got um, some new coaching clients at the moment and we're going on a year's journey, which is an amazing thing. And all of them are so very different. Every single one of them has a story. I have a story, you have a story, and some of our story comes from the past and words that were said to us and conversations that we had and instilled values and beliefs that came from those conversations and still do and still do so it's about being mindful and self-aware of what you're using just remember you can empower or you can disempower depending on how self-aware you are depending on the words that you are using and depending on your tone tonality non-verbal communication as well all of it is a huge part of conversation and i find this fascinating because sometimes we often negotiated with people who didn't speak english or deaf people and 
people, uh, some of the students would say to me, well, what's the point of still going on? What's the, what's the point of still saying or still trying to have a conversation if they don't understand you? Now, lots of people do understand certain words, even if English is not their number one language. But also there you have your tonality and your tone and your nonverbal communication. And that's when they're really important. And the words don't become so important. So in text messages and emails, your words are incredibly important because you can't put tone and nonverbal communication into them, which sounds obvious, doesn't it? But how many times do you actually reread your email and think about the words that you've used or reread your text message and think about the text speak that you're using? And then when we're talking to somebody who doesn't speak the same language, that tonality can really come across in that nonverbal communication. And I, I think I've said this before on another podcast. Um, listening to the book, uh, My Stroke of Inspiration, I can't remember the author, unfortunately, about the neurologist who had a, bl- uh, had a, a, a stroke in her 30s. And because the side of the brain that it affected was the size of the brain where the language was, she didn't understand what people were saying to her, but she still felt the emotion. And those that came in with positive energy helped her incredibly. And those that came in with that negative energy and that negative emotion attached to what they were saying, although she couldn't understand it, she could feel it. And I find that incredibly fascinating, how we work as a human body and how we can still interact and be kind and take care of each other, even if we don't speak the same language. How awesome is that? That you can be in the moment and really still help somebody, even if they don't understand what you're saying. And you can probably relate to this on a practical level. Like if you're away on holiday and you don't speak the same language as wherever you are and you're lost, perhaps, and somebody stops to help you, somehow, somehow you get by. Somehow you work it out amongst yourselves. Or if you're you're in England and a a tourist comes up to you with a map and they don't speak English, again, somehow we're, we're amazing human beings and we're able to do this just by being in that moment with somebody and working out exactly what it is but I always come back to this at the end of my podcast it is being in the moment so think about and reflect on the language that you use and your self-talk as well because what you say to yourself is really important like how I was saying that you know I'm not great at maths you will you will become what you believe to be true and your thoughts will create your feelings and that will affect how you behave and how you communicate with other people Thanks for listening. I hope you found this useful. Please let me know what else you would like to cover, me to cover around conversation and communication. I know that family communication and parenting is incredibly popular with us all because we all at some stage will be communicating with families or close friends or having emotional conversations. So I'll be looking to cover more of that. Otherwise, just drop me a line. At the end of this podcast will be all my social media platforms and how you can get hold of me. Until I speak to you again, have a great week, have a great day, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care. Hey everybody, Nikki again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me. You can find me on social media at Nikki Comms Coach at Twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review. And I look forward to speaking to you soon.